What do you do when you go to heaven and you hear the words, you must go back? We cover that question and more on this week's part two of two installment of Spirit Answers Podcast. If you recall in last week's episode, Wendy drowned and went to heaven where she saw Jesus, saw every single day of her life, had the chance to relive every single day of her life, had the chance to see every single day of Jesus' life, and uh, had an encounter with Jesus where he explained what suffering really means on earth, and also what the creation process is like when God decides to include certain traits during the creation process when he creates people. This is the second half of Wendy's story, What Heaven Taught Me About Earth, Part 2. Angel. Now I'm crying tears of joy because this is this is the greatest thing ever. My family is about to be here with me and we're in heaven and it's real and it's so much better than we could have ever imagined. And Jesus says, you must go back. And I said, what? Now I was raised conservative Baptist. People don't come back from heaven. I never heard of it. And I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, that's not funny. What? And he says, you you must go back. And I wrap my arms around his ankles because I'm still on my knees. And I just lock my arms like a spoiled child, not wanting to let go of their mommy when they're being dropped off somewhere scary. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't. You can't make me. Mm. You can't. Don't make me go back. And the next thing I know, I'm back in the water mm. against my will. I did everything, everything I could to stay. I, when I was in the water, I was swimming, trying to stay under. I was swimming down, down, down. I wanted all of a sudden, boom, all the pain is back. The worry, the stress, all the stuff that's gone in heaven is back. My brain feels like it's swimming in molasses again it, everything is so hard with your brain here in heaven it's so easy you don't even have to ask you just know it everything and it, it it's so simple when you get to heaven and you have all the answers you're like how could it have been so simple and right in front of me the whole time and i and i couldn't see it mm-hmm. and i just felt stupid again and i was so angry I couldn't find my friend anywhere. What I'm assuming was an angel. I refused to open my eyes and look. I was so mad. Pushed me out of the water. I felt like. And my sister said it looked like. Because she was coming down the path. By the time. I surfaced. Ten minutes had gone by. It was well over ten minutes. And I'd been underwater the whole time. Wow. She, she and my brother were running up the path towards me, and she said, "What was that? That was crazy!" Because it looked like um one of those videos where you see dolphins pushing people through the water by their feet, and they kind of glide across the top of the water. That's what happened, and it just kind of spit me out on a ledge. But I couldn't find my friend, and. I would. I was sure she died. There was no way she could have survived that. And I was. I started beating my head on the rock wall, saying, "No, God, you can't make me come back. I don't want to be here. I didn't care. I didn't care about anything, but I just wanted to be back in with Jesus. I didn't care about heavens. I didn't care about return or rewards. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to be back with Jesus, in that love." We got in the raft and we floated for about three, three to five minutes. And we finally came across Nancy. Thank God. She was cradling herself, rocking back and forth, crying on the side of the the river. She had survived. Thank you, Jesus. But she wasn't very happy and I couldn't speak. My sister, I was a little bit more hysterical than Nancy was. And my sister said, 
sister, what's going on? You have to talk to me. And, you know, I'm bleeding from my head and my fingers. What could I say? It was 1996. Nobody ever comes back from heaven. Not in my upbringing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, my brain couldn't believe what my heart just lived. I was sure. I thought, do I have brain damage? Do I have a stroke? Am I hallucinating? Do I have schizophrenia? What's happening? No kidding, because you, you not only you know the the incident itself, the 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 death that you had gone through, and the pain and the trauma with that was going through your mind, but you also just lived through multiple lives in heaven and had an interaction with Jesus. How how was all that going through your mind at that time? It was like. I mean, it, my head was just swimming. It was like a whirlpool and a rapid fire. Just, I just couldn't process this. I'm like, wait, did I just meet Jesus? Did I just get kicked out of heaven? And I'm okay. Here's a girl with a huge orphan issues. Anyway, I don't know if you've heard the term orphan spirit, but that I was fifty shades of orphan spirit before yeah. heaven. Yeah. And so now, not only. Did it feel like the world didn't love me? But now even God doesn't love me. He sent me back. Why would he send me back? There was no explanation. I was heartbroken. It was the worst pain I'd ever experienced. And I'm not talking physical. I mean, emotional. I was broken. I just wanted to die. And that says something because you had just gone through an an incredibly trying to say the least physically uh enduring experience and were you had died and were in a ton of pain but the pain that you felt physically it it stood nothing against what you're going through uh emotionally not even a fraction my childhood stuff i because of my severe asthma my parents put me on a diet of spinach leaves for two years so i was a severely malnourished little girl um, to the point where I was in a wheelchair when we moved from Southern California to Oregon. I couldn't even stand up. My whole life I was told she's going to die soon. She's going to die soon because I was so sick. None of that. And, and I remember, I mean, I foraged for food every night in the garbage can and ate crumbs under the table. I was so hungry. That was nothing compared to having to leave Jesus's presence. Nothing. After you kind of get uh, your senses back a little bit and uh, people are understanding that you're you're alive and, uh, you know, you, I assume you start getting some medical help, what, what happens next? So finally my, my sister grabs me and says, I have to know what happened. I said, you're not going to believe me. And I'm just bawling. And she says, talk to me, sister, talk to me. I said, I was in heaven. And Jesus made me leave. I couldn't stay. And I don't want to be here anymore. And I thought she would think I was crazy, but she totally believed me. Wow. They they knew how long I was underwater. My sister knows my lungs. I've, you know... I think it was 23 when the doctor tried to put me on oxygen permanently because my lungs were so wimpy. So she knows I can't hold my breath. She knows there's just no way. Um, there I can't holding my breath 30 seconds. I couldn't do it, and I was under for well over 10 minutes. So we we never found our oars or our life jackets. We just climbed in, and when we finally got to a house we could pull out, we pulled out, and we walked. And I, I called my husband on the phone and said, come get us, just bawling. He came and got us. He took them to their cars. I went home, and I couldn't even talk to him because my brain was so fast. Like, why would God make me come back? What did I do? He knows I love him. He knows I live for him. I know I'm, I know I'm a resident of heaven. What? What did I do? Why am I back? And all I could think of was, well, my husband says he's a believer, but there's really no signs of it. I probably have got sent back because if I'm not back here, my kids are going to go to hell. So this started going through my mind. I must have had to come back 
for my kid because I know my kids are going to heaven and the only way that's going to happen is if I'm here. So I was so angry at my husband because I've been nagging at him for years and years and years. Go to church, do this, do that. I mean, God schooled me hard in heaven on that, on how, well, you know, had you been the Proverbs 31 woman and not a clanging gate, maybe your husband would be who I told you he could be. But I was so angry. So I go to the hospital. They shove me in a tube. They rip my journal out of my hand. And at that point, I hadn't really spoke to anybody. My sister told my husband, Wendy's got to go to the hospital. She died. What she she died. And Tony's like, wait, what? And he's, she's like, she died. You have to get her to the hospital right now. She was underwater for over 10 minutes when she came up. She had her nose was bleeding. Her, I had blood everywhere, but just lightly though, because of the water. And so they rushed me to the hospital and the ER doctor is a friend of mine. He was actually in my Bible study. And he says, Wendy, I have to have your notebook. And at that point, I'm still not speaking. I just, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to write down everything I saw as fast as I can. And the minute I do, and I tell my family where I'm going and how much I love it and that it's real and they've got to live for God, God's going to just zap me right back. I know that's the plan because the God I meant in heaven is not cruel enough to make me stay here more than a few minutes. So I'm just writing as fast as I can. And the doctor says, Wendy, I have to have that notebook. And I said, no, I cannot give it to you until I'm done. I can't forget what I saw. You don't understand, Dean. I went to heaven and I can't, I don't want to forget. And he rips it out of my hands and he strokes my hair and he says, you won't, honey. You won't forget. They never do. And I was like, wait, what? Does that happen to somebody else before? I've never heard of this. Does that mean, does that mean I'm going to have to stay here? Does that mean this is not a, just a few minutes, like a hall pass from heaven, and then I get to go right back? I just laid in that machine and tried to hold as still as I could and just saw I was so gutted that God could show me heaven and take it away. I um, ended up having a frontal lobe, um, some bleeding, a little bit of bleeding in the frontal lobe, a little bit in the um, back of my brain, nothing permanent, a little, you know, a little bit of a traumatic brain injury, um, no broken bones, but broken forever hmm. forever after that so from what i understand after that it takes you a long time uh, and i'm talking decades to really truly understand uh why it is that you you came back and and really process everything that happened on that fateful day absolutely and before you are able to kind of get to that um, understanding, um, you have a, a, a fateful encounter with a, uh, <laughs> I think you call them a, a, a chubby little bum there. I, I think he was yeah, near my- a bridge. Um, but can you tell us about him? Yes. So 13 years goes by of me crying myself to sleep every night telling God, I don't know what more I could do for you, God. I need it. And God had done huge, crazy miracles. He gave me my dream house. He gave me, he gave me so many blessings. Money was no longer a problem, just miracle after miracle. Everything was so amazing. Um, And then my husband's great uncle came to live with us for almost 10 years and he had severe dementia, severe. The hospitals wouldn't accept him. He was too high maintenance, but and and I kept, I remember crying out to God, is this all I'm worth to you? I had to close down my business so I could take care of him. And, and it was a lot of work. He tried to boil the cats and he, you know, he was always up during the night. He, he was a lot of work, but I loved him dearly. And looking back now, I realized that even though Uncle Elvin never knew my name, Uncle Elvin was God's gift to me so that I had a safe place to talk about heaven and process 
everything I had seen. And I would tell uncle something that I experienced in heaven. And uncle didn't even know my name, but he would quote, quote a scripture that backed it up that I never even heard of. I mean, it was just beautiful. So when uncle died, it was really difficult. And then my brother who was with me on that day died in a motorcycle accident the same week. Mm, and then I'm the sorry. lady, thanks. Well, a lady that, um, was a friend of mine unexpectedly died in the same week. I got mm. real angry with God. So it's about 13 years after heaven. And um, I go and I turn in some resumes. I was like, well, I, I can't go back to teaching. I'm just way too emotionally raw and bitter with God right now, because first he doesn't tell me why I'm getting 86 out of heaven. Um, and now uh, it, it feels like he's, I feel like I'm being toyed with like a cat that's playing with a mouse, just slowly torturing it. And I was just getting so angry. So I go through this um, drive through Burger King because at that point of about 300 pounds, I'd been trying to eat myself to death to trick God um, as a way of slowly committing suicide. So he had to take me back. So now I'm 300 pounds. I can barely walk. And I turn in my resumes and I decide I count my change in the ashtray in my car. I had exhausted our savings taking care of uncle's medical needs. And my husband had no idea. Uh, my kid's college fund, gone. Hmm. But I knew God wanted me to do it. Hmm. But I still was really ashamed. So I go through Burger King to get some onion rings. And uh, I order my onion rings. I'm paying with change out of my ashtray in my car because I had no money. And as soon as I order them, my son calls. He's like, hey, mom. I'm like, hey, son, how was the first day of, of school? He's like, oh, it was awesome. Uh, I have to have colored pencils. Please pick some up on your way home. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I just spent the change of my ashtray to pay for onion rings. I don't have any money. You're going to have to use crayons. And um, he didn't like hearing that. He hung up on me. And I felt really bad. So again, I felt like I had chosen myself. And um, I just was hating myself and I was hating everything. Hmm. I go through and I pay for my onion rings and I can't even eat them. I'm so angry and I'm driving down the interstate and I just start cursing God. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? I think I have brain damage. I don't think I really went to heaven because the Jesus that I met in heaven would never put me back here to suffer like this without an explanation. And I want an explanation. Either you prove to me right now that you're real or you take me out because I'm done. I'll drive out full throttle. I will drive off this road into a barrier right now. You make, sh you make it known that you are real or I'm going to, I'm going to end my life. I'm done playing. You've got to fix this. I don't wow. know what you want from me. Why did you send me back? Tell me what you want or take me home. So I pull up to the stoplight. And at this point, I was flipping God off. Both birds out my sunroof. Wow. And real quick, I, I want to highlight that too, because there are th there are people that have done the same thing and that get really frustrated with God and be real honest with him that have not gone to heaven. <laughs> and so that just shows that this was a very tough moment for one thing. And another thing is that I, I, I think that it shows, I just think it shows that people are not, uh, you know, I, I know God. God doesn't necessarily want us to be, uh, you know, flipping him off, so to speak. But I think he right. appreciates it when he when we are honest with him. He wants right. us to be honest with him. And yeah. you're not abnormal for being honest with him. I think everybody has these moments. Yeah, he tells us to cry out earnestly. And right. honey, there wasn't anything more earnest than what I was giving him that day. Right. It was right. very heartfelt. My feelings were very yeah. heartfelt. So, uh. I pull up and then there's a, the chubbiest, cutest little hobo. He looked like Santa Claus. He was so clean. He had on these, and he had sparkling eyes, twinkling eyes and a bright white fluffy beard and a flannel shirt. And he was sitting on a bright white bucket upside down. He was holding a cardboard sign and there was a drawing on it um, of Mickey and Minnie, which I grew up right next to Disneyland. So, so it instantly caught my attention and Mickey was pinching Minnie's bottom and Minnie was slapping Mickey's face. And under it, it said, you think you're having a bad day with a question mark. And it kind of made me laugh. So, I mean, I went from ugly crying to giggling and blowing bubbles. It was, it was awful. It was such a mess. And he tells me to roll down his window. And I, I just felt so bad. I said, honey, 
I was homeless. I give to everybody, but I have no money today. I said, I want to give you something, but I have nothing. And then I I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I have onion rings. I I can't eat these onion rings. Please take my onion rings. And he said, no, 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 ma'am. I don't want anything from you. He said, what makes you think I want something from you? And I said, well, you're a, you're on a bucket and you have a sign. This is a corner. So he's like, no, ma'am, uh, I, I just want to bless you. And I said, what could, he said, I want to give you something. I said, what could you possibly have to give me? And it was like, I stabbed him when I said that he looked so hurt. And he said, do you think I have nothing to offer the world? And I said, oh my gosh, I'm such an arrogant ass. I'm so sorry. I'm just having a really bad day. And please forgive me. Please forgive me. What do you have for me, honey? And he says, um, I'd like to give you my colored pencils. I said, excuse me? He says, I'd like to give you my colored pencils. I know you need them. I said, how could, how could you know that? Wow. And he said the same thing my Uncle Elvin used to say a hundred times a day. He said, a little birdie told me. Wow. I said, and I just started crying. He said, but that's not all I have for you. And, and, and I keep telling him, I can't take anything for you. I can't take it. He said, please don't deny me the gift of giving. He says, but I have something even more important for you. And so I take his colored pencils and I said, what is it? And he says, I have a message for you. The maker of heaven and earth is so delighted in you. Make him so happy he dances. He said he wants you to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Because he's so proud of you. He's so delighted in you. I tried again as the light turned. I tried again to shove my onion rings at him. But he as I was driving away, said, no, eat them and enjoy them. The father says you deserve them. Wow. It just changed everything. Wow. How absolutely incredible. How absolutely incredible. And yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, you know, as someone that wasn't there, my instant reaction is that that is not just a bum. That is someone right. more than that. I, I I don't know. Did did you process that at that exact moment, or what? What were you, what was your takeaway? Yeah. So I, I drive about a, a mile up the road, and there's a state penitentiary right there. But it didn't even occur to me where I chose to pull over, and I'm walking in the field in front of it. And it wasn't until I saw the laser light on the ground around me that I realized, oh, this probably wasn't a great spot to pull over. <laughs> yeah. Howard's watching me, and I'm calling my husband, and I'm, babe, babe, oh my gosh, I just met a bum or an angel. I'm not sure, but you need to give them $20 because we are bankrupt. I have spent every dime we have taking care of uncle. We have no money, but you have to give him $20 just in case he's human, just in case he's really a bum. And my husband's like, wait, wait, did you, did you say we're out of money? We're bankrupt? <laughs> That's all he got out of that conversation. He's such a man. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, babe, that's not what matters. I just met an angel and I know why I was in back. God does love me and he's real and I really did go to heaven. He loves me. Even though I'm still having a pity party, he loves me. My husband's like, hold on a second, babe. I'm pulling up there right now. I'm pulling up there right now. So this was maybe two and a half to three minutes after I left that intersection. And he's like, babe, I'm looking up and down the highway. There is nobody here. Wow. He said, I see no hobos. I see no buckets. Nobody in overalls. There's nobody here. Incredible. Yeah. When you look back at that moment, do you ever wonder why uh, God uh, allowed so many years to pass between when you went to heaven and when you when you had that uh, understanding through that experience there? Have you ever wondered that question? Yes, yes, I have. I believe that um, I believe that not only did I need time to process, I believe my husband and my kids mm-hmm. did too, mm-hmm. because. After heaven, we lived in a very small t- town, under 300 people. And I was 
on every committee. And my husband said, you won't talk about this. You will not discuss heaven. Babe, we live in a small town. And do you want our kids to be known as the kids with the crazy mom? Mm. He said, you can't talk about this. And, and I thought, you know what? He's right. I'm just not going to. But then uncle came to live with us and I was able to process. And then a book called heaven is for real came out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my husband picked it up at the truck stop one morning on his way to work. And uh, he was a manager then. And he read the whole thing before 2 p.m. And he called me and he was crying. And my husband's a manly, manly, tough guy. He's a, mm -hmm. he's a handsome beefcake redneck. He's <laughs> not a tender, a tender guy. Well, he's a little more tender now because he's full of this spirit. But mm -hmm. um, he called me crying and he said, I'm, I'm such an ass and I'm so sorry. He said, I really thought you were crazy, but this book, everything he says is what you've been saved for eight years. Wow. He said, I believe you. I believe you. And that shifted. There was a huge shift then. Wow. Wow. That is, is incredible. I, I didn't know that part of, uh, of your story. And yeah. uh, again, just, to, just as a reminder, you know, the, the, the mid nineties, this was not that, not that these types of uh, afterlife experiences are necessarily taken, uh, you know, with, with open arms at every instance today. But I do think that there, there's been a little bit of a shift over the last couple of decades. And so I, I, unfortunately, I think there probably was some truth to what your husband was saying there in terms of how people would have reacted to it at that time. What do you, do you probably agree with that? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I wasn't sure if I had brain damage or I, I felt in my heart that I had absolutely been in heaven. Mm-hmm. And and I was instantly changed. I went from serving God on so many levels to coming home and quitting everything. I, I couldn't even go to church because I had to figure out what it looked like to live authentically. I had to start questioning my motives because before that, in heaven, God showed me that my scales that that unbalanced my life was everything was um everything was controlled by fear. And I thought I was fearless, but I had such a fear of what other people thought of me that I could never be honest and say, listen, you know, I chose to live with pedophiles because I was such a rebellious, you know, runaway prodigal. I, I, I did all of this stupid stuff. I never chose to be vulnerable and honest so that I could help people and they could see what God did in my life to further the kingdom and to draw them to him. Listen, if God can save a wretch like me, dude, you know, you're going to walk on water. <laughs> this is because look at what God did in my life. But before heaven, all that was a secret. After heaven, I had to figure out how to live authentically without humiliating my family. Because I no longer cared what people thought about me. I knew heaven was real. And I knew that I had 28 years to make up for of the Wendy show. And trying to learn how to put myself down and amplify God in a world that is self-seeking and says, put the mask on your own face first before you help others. Well, that's not heaven culture. Heaven culture says every time I get on a plane, I'm like, Lord, if this plane goes down, I'm going to save every one of these souls before we hit the ground. Mm -hmm. They're all coming to you. I'm not putting the mask on. Uh -uh, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> I'm going to make sure these people know that heaven is real and you're the only way to get there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. So you, you have this experience with the angel. I'm just going to call him an angel. And yeah. so is it, is it overnight for you then where it's like, okay, now everything's kind of set in stone in my mind. I, everything's clicking exactly right. I'm going to go. I'm now I'm, I have exactly what, what I need. I'm going to go out and minister and share what I know, or is it still a yeah. little bit of a process? Yeah. Well, it was, um, it was kind of, um, me entering back into ministry. Um, yeah. this time I wanted to make sure it was God's choice and not my own. So the first ministry I started was um, the first ministry I started was I, I went back to teaching preschool at a church, a Christian mm -hmm. church, a dinky little church here in Mill City. Very conservative. Women don't speak a lot in that church. I mean, it's super conservative and it didn't have a pastor. And so I was really, I think maybe the only paid staff member, but uh, I love this church. I love these people. So 
Uh, I started Sunday school. Um, there was already a youth group, but I started helping there. I started a dental van ministry for people. The dental van would come to the church and all the people in the community who needed dental care could get free dental care. I started a backpack club and I would have my youth group fill backpacks with Bibles and I would give them highlighters. Highlight your favorite scripture and write a prayer in it and tell the person your first name and say, I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. And we would fill this backpack with so much love. And then uh, we would just drive around in the youth van and I would hand them out the window so that I wasn't putting my kids in in jeopardy and I just it was ministry after ministry before I knew it I had 15 ministries <laughs> and I was wow. like wow I don't know if you can do any ministry well if you have that many ministries but I just couldn't stop I had 28 years of choosing me to make up for and it's not because in any way I I felt that I owed anybody anything I wasn't trying to earn my salvation I wanted Jesus to know that even though I hated that I was sent back and I don't understand it, I'm going to praise him. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm just going to praise him through it. And I'm going to do, and I'm going to love people as hard as I can for them. I'm going to do everything I saw him doing. And people are going to know that Wendy Thomas died in Spencer's hole that day. And this is Wendy 2.0, who knows the truth. And I'm never going to go back to feeling sorry for myself or living for myself. Um, I want to be the least of these in everything I do. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool and, and so powerful to see how you're going to heaven completely change the way that you see the world. It's as if you see the world. Um, it's, it's, it's a completely different place now. It's like the wool has been pulled out from over your eyes. You yeah. see things for, for what they are. And as, as you've been alluding to here, and I know you said before now more than you ever had realized you, you understand that it's not, not about you. It's about, it's about glorifying our creator. Uh, but how fulfilling that is when we do that, when we glorify our creator and, and it's not about, again, it's not about us and it's not about the, the joy that we get from that. But I think our creator, God, he loves that joy that we get, that fulfillment that we get from, from, uh, helping others and loving other people, loving our enemies and, and glorifying him because that's, yeah. that's a part of the relationship and that's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, crazy. Um, God sent me a prophet uh, about six years ago. I went on his talk show. The first time I ever went on a talk show. It's on YouTube. Um, it's called Hope and Healing with Wendy Thomas. And this man who is the talk show host came up to me in Nordstrom, which anybody who knows me would tell you that if God's going to talk to Wendy, he's going to meet her in Nordstrom. <laughs> That's where I really am in my jam. <laughs> so so uh, he comes up to me in Nordstrom. He gives me this prophetic word. Now, I didn't know prophecy was even a thing still. I, it was never talked about in my church. Never. People didn't talk about miracles. There was no testimonies of crazy, awesome things happening. So this man came up to me, and I live in Oregon now, but I grew up in Southern California. And... Uh, it, Oregon, it doesn't have the diversity. And that's something that when you grow up with diversity, you really miss all the culture of diverse, of a diverse environment. So this, this tall, good looking black dude comes up and puts his hand on me. And he says, I have a message for you from God. And he says, um, he says, you're gold. And I don't understand why you're gold. And he's like, father, why is she gold? Why is she gold? He said, I've never seen anybody who's gold before. He's, and he, he's kind of pulling up my sleeves and rubbing my skin, like seeing if it's makeup or paint or it was very bizarre to me. And I thought, okay, great. My first black friend in recent years, and he's crazy. Great, Lord. Thanks. But, <laughs> but he starts telling me things about me that nobody knows. And he says, I'm going to give you a word of knowledge. And I'm like, okay, what's that? And he says, that's a word that only God would know. And I said, okay. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Come at me, bro. <laughs> You're crazy. And he says, God shows me that you don't just work with children like um, a preschool teacher. He goes, even though that's what I see as preschool age children around you, God says that you are on a secret mission from him to custom fit their spiritual armor and help them 
by directing them in who God created them to be. Wow. And it, it knocked the wind out of me. I was like, how did you know that? He said, that's just what God told me. And I said, that's exactly what I do. I, I said, and you know, I'm looking around because I don't even want the parents to know. Yeah, you're you're paying me, which I, I mean, I made $300 a month. I didn't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It was a ministry, right? Mm -hmm. And But I didn't want them to know, yes, you're paying me to teach your child, but you have no idea what I'm teaching your child because I'm taking, I'm, I'm teaching them all about the reality of heaven, how real God is, how much more real heaven is than earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when he said that, it, it was just like, whoa, my cover has been blown. I was afraid somebody else was going to hear him. <laughs> uh, and then he told me about 10 more things that nobody else knew. And he told me what my purpose was. And he wow. said, um, God says, he says, I, God says, you have way too many ministries. He said, girl, he said, you have over 10 ministries. I said, yeah, I do. And he says, you know, you can't do anything good if you got that much going on. I said, yeah, I, I, I just can't say no to a serving opportunity for God. I see something needs to be done and I want to do it. And he says, um, well, God's frustrated. And I said, what? He said, God, he said, don't, don't get it wrong. God wants me to tell you he delights in you to the point of dancing, which is exactly what my angel hobo told me. Mm. And so now my ears, okay, now my spidey senses are engaged. Okay, okay, what do you got for me? And he says, um, God wants you to stop all your ministries. It's time to tell your story. And I said, do you know what my story is? And he says, no, but I'd like you to come on my talk show and share it. I was like, you have a talk show? He said, well, it's just a small one locally. I said, you want me to come on and you don't know my story? He says, I love God's surprises. And God says, you're a big one. He says, and he says, I'm going to find out why you're covered in gold. He wow. said, uh, I can't wait to hear it. So that just started everything. The next thing I knew, um, I was asked to speak at a church. One of the ladies at the church um, was in my Bible study. And she knew I'd been to heaven and she believed me. And she said, um, I believe God is telling me that I'm supposed to mentor you. I'm a Christian author and you need to write your book. And I didn't want to do it. There's no words to describe heaven. So filling a book full of heaven. But God kept sending strangers. I'd be at Disneyland and a stranger would come up at me and say, God says you have the Paul anointing and you're supposed to write a book. I'd be in Tennessee and somebody come up and tell me the same thing. People I'd never met before, way out of my neck of the woods, were giving me the same message. It had to be God. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just in. Incredible, absolutely remarkable. When it when it comes to your understanding of people in the world, uh, obviously we've we've talked about there's been a dramatic shift, in, and and uh, I don't know how there isn't after you've been to heaven and you've been able to experience the love and uh, the complete understanding of Jesus and His life and your life and understand how Jesus views you and the parent that He is for God that God is for you and yeah. just get get this total. Uh, uh, shift in your understanding of truth and reality. I want to see uh, for Wendy, what now after you've um, been to heaven, how do you view Jesus now as opposed to how you viewed him before you went to heaven? Wow. Well, I used to see God and Jesus more as disciplinarians and judges. But after walking through Jesus's life, he, he just really never judged. I mean, if God told him to get upset, he'd get upset. But that was it. He, he wasn't judging. He was just pure love. Pure love, unconditional. He didn't care if you were a hooker. He didn't care if you were a hobo. He didn't care. It, he didn't care. He wanted to love you right where you are. And he wanted you to know that his father loved you right where you are. And there's nothing that can't be forgiven. It, the mercy and seeing how God orchestrated event after event after event, everything to point me to him. And the suffering was used more, not as discipline, the suffering I experienced, but as um, a mercy from God to pull me into him so that I would cry out to him and I would get in his word. You know, God, when I was in heaven, I was like, God, um, 
what's the point of praying if if you know how everything ends? What's the point of all of this? If you know how everything ends, why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to pray? Um, you you already know how this ends. You know everything. And what God told me was what Jesus told me was prayer is our umbilical cord to the Father. Everything we need spiritually comes down through that through that umbilical cord. But it's not a one-sided relationship. It's um, I had treated God like an ATM before heaven. I went to him when I needed something. Um, I went to him like a greedy, spoiled child. But whenever he wanted to talk to me, I didn't have time to listen. And I, But he always responded with love and grace. And it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and so to answer your question about Jesus, I'm sorry, I derailed no, with it. No, you're <laughs> talking about him all day. Uh, to answer your question, Jesus's passion that is so raw and unharnessed, there is nothing on earth that feels like being in the presence of Jesus and being that loved, that desired, that wanted. And I don't mean in a tawdry um temporary sexual way although you may edit this out i don't know there's only one feeling on earth that is a a minuscule fraction of what being in the presence of jesus feels like and that ironically happens during passion and intimacy and but it's but it's so much greater because it's pure. Mm. And again, it's the being fully known, knowing that God knows me completely and chooses me passionately every day, all day long. There's no greater feeling. Mm. Wow. And that, that it makes total sense to me actually, because you think about how many people are trying to chase that, exact feeling that you're talking about that that passionate moment of intimacy a lot of times unfortunately outside of the confines that god wants us to but i think that there's that there's that understanding that 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 is a very very powerful uh act that god has given us even if you don't believe in god you know people people are always chasing that and uh so that doesn't surprise me that the in the in the in the form that god intended for that to be that that is uh the closest even if it's on a very minuscule level of what it is like to be in that pure love and, and presence of, of our creator. Absolutely. Wow. Um, well, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Wendy. Absolutely phenomenal. There's one more thing God is saying I need to tell you. One more thing. I'm sorry. Sure, sure. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't planning on this, but but I often forget this, and it's probably yeah. the most important part. Yeah. So, so if you read my book, you know, you'll get you'll get – a way deeper look into my, my time in heaven Mm -hmm. and um, what it's been like navigating um, an upside down society after living in perfect truth. And, but most of all, you're going to see at the end, how I learned to hear the voice of God and it'll teach you to hear the voice of God at a level that uh, I didn't know was possible. And since then, uh, since I went to this, uh, Holy, it's like a Holy Spirit Academy, it changed my life. And signs and wonders and miracles that blow my own mind and freak me out constantly happen all around me daily. And they could do that in your life, even more so in your life. When you read my book, you're going to be like, wait, what? How does that happen? That's That's huge. That's a miracle. But the ability for it to happen in your life is even greater because God very clearly says, Jesus says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. It's no accident that my name is, my last name is Thomas, uh, because had this not happened to me, there's no way I would believe it. And if you don't believe me, I get it. But I'll be in your playback reel when you do get to heaven. God'll say, I did everything I could to get you to believe. Remember that lady in Oregon, the heaven lady? Yeah. Yeah, I even used her. If you are to take my words and you listen 
and you believe what God says. Jesus says, I am going to the Father, but I'm sending you the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can do greater things than I did. My whole life, I never believed that. Even after heaven, I thought, no way, I'm a sinner, no way. But if you look at the word, it's full of sinners that are way screwed up, some even more than me. God wants to use us to do signs and wonders and miracles to draw his children into his kingdom. And you were just saying, Alex, that that these experiences are becoming more and more common. Yes, they are, but it's for a reason because God is rising up an army for the end times. And I want to pray for you and your listeners, Father God, or that you will touch the hearts of these listeners today, Lord, and that they will know that the power of the Holy Spirit is more alive and stronger than it's ever been on earth, and that you will use your kingdom, your kingdom fighters, us, Lord, to do great things, signs and wonders, that we will heal the sick, and that we'll be able to heal these non-believers in the middle of the grocery store, and they're going to know, wow, God is real. I was just healed. I'm going to follow God. God, I ask you to do crazy signs and wonders and that you will bless these people, bless their homes, bless their families, bless their future generations. I pray that they and their future generations will passionately pursue you above all else. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate that. And I love it because I, I, I think the the great way to describe this is like a, it's a flare gun. God is shooting off these flare guns and that's from a, there's another podcast, uh, similar to mine, uh, called touched by heaven and, and, and the host trapper Jack. And he always describes modern day miracles as a, as a flare gun and they're still happening today. And they point back to the truth as it's found in the word of God. And so, um, I, I, I really appreciate that because it, I'm, I'm like you, I, I couldn't have, unfortunately, I was one of the people I needed to see the, the miraculous in order to find the truth. And like you were saying, there are people out there. Um, I think that, that probably don't need as much of a wake up, wake up call as you or myself did. And, uh, those are the people I think that are, are, are going to go out and do absolute wonders for, for the kingdom. And, uh, so I, I really appreciate that, that you took the time to, to pray like that. Thank you. Well, I hope if my story touched any of you guys that in heaven you come give me a big hug because I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I I uh, I think that they will be take plenty of people taking you up on that. Awesome. Um, so before we go, I want to make sure that we do have an opportunity to talk about your website uh, and uh, your book as well. Uh, so the website is for those of you people people that are not watching. I'll I'll include this like I always do in the description as well. Uh, but it's homes homesickforheaven.com. And that's homesick, the number four heaven.com. And can you kind of tell us a little bit, Wendy, what uh, people can expect when they go there? Well, um, there's a little bit of my, it's actually under construction right now. Uh, I, because the book has been launched, so soon the book will be um, able to be purchased there as well as Amazon. And it will be a way to contact me and stay in my email loop as to what I'm doing, where I'm speaking. My next book coming out goes way deeper into heaven. My editor took a bunch of things out and said, we've got to build a foundation of trust before we take your readers this deep, Wendy. This is, this is, this is a lot to process. So uh, it will keep you updated and I will be soon sharing. It should be um, the website homesickforheaven.com is, is live right now, but the 2.0 version will be live within a week or two. And I'm available on Facebook, Wendy Thomas, a uh, Christian author and speaker. And that's also another good place to get resources as to where I'll be speaking. I don't take any money at this point for speaking, any money for my books, any money for anything. It all goes back into ministry, um, serving wow. God. I'm sure at some point I will have to mm -hmm. uh, because the budget's starting to get a little low. But mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but it's all glory. God is doing huge things. Wow. And I want to make sure we have a, we have an opportunity to to show that that book. So the book is you must go back. And there's a there's a subtitle with that as well. But I know if you type that into Amazon, at least Amazon, you must go back. That will be the first thing that pops up. Right? Yep, she has it right there. Um, it says the, you uh, must go back. My story of dying, meeting Jesus in heaven, and being sent back. There you have it. 
Um, and uh, that I know that that will pull up if you type in, you must go back on, on Amazon. Absolutely. And uh, um, I also want to make sure that we show as well, you have an Instagram as well. Uh, and that one is just Instagram.com, pray it forward. And that's just going to be PR, the number eight, FWD. And again, I'll include that in the, the descriptions as well. Um, and uh, Wendy, you want to kind of give us just a, a brief glimpse of what we can see there? Uh, on my Instagram, I just started my uh, professional Instagram, and it is mostly uh, people that I meet praying for in parking lots and gas stations and wherever God sends me in the trenches. And uh, and uh, it will it is going to become my place where people were able to post short videos of healings and amazing miracles that Jesus has done to bring people into the kingdom. Wow. Wow. That is so cool. Um, well, Wendy, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your insight and your absolutely remarkable story with us. And, uh, just for all that you do for the kingdom, I am so, so thankful for you, Wendy, and, and the resilience that you have. And, uh, uh, I, I just think that your, your story is so inspiring and I know that it's, it, it, it's already obviously blessed a lot of people, but I'm so excited to see it continue to bring glory for the kingdom. I just cannot wait. So thank you so much. I'm so honored to have met you, Alex. God bless you. And I'll be praying for your ministry and for your listeners. I'm, I'm just so honored to be a part of this. Well, thank you so much. Well, that's the show this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I really appreciate everything that you do to support the podcast. Just a reminder to please send in your angel encounter, your NDE, your miracle, your new age to Christianity testimony to spirit answers podcast at gmail.com and that can be in a written format video format whatever is most convenient for you uh, if you don't want to be on the show but you still want to share your testimony you can do that at our Facebook group just called spirit answers on Facebook where you can again share your testimony interact with many of the guests that we have on the show and see a sneak peek of next week's episode uh, I always like to give people an opportunity as well uh, to ask God to reveal himself to you. Perhaps, you're, perhaps you are one of those people that um, still kind of on the fence with this whole God thing, don't really know where uh, this this whole thing is, like this truth thing is, if there really is such a thing as truth or God. Well, uh, if that is you, uh, I would just ask you to ask God to reveal himself to you in a personal way, whether that's aloud or prayer. Uh, and I would ask you to do this over a period of time. And I guarantee you that if you are looking for answers, you're looking for truth, that God will reveal himself to you in a personal way. And uh, your life is never going to be the same. I guarantee that. Um, so just thank you again so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Uh, I will be praying for you. And if you have any prayer requests that you would like to submit to us, feel free to do that at the Facebook group as well or leave, leave them in the comments on YouTube. And uh, I will pass that along to the group and we will be praying for you. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.